Welcome to Three Films in a Podcast, the show where Destiny brought together three friends to enhance each other's cinematic journey by watching three new movies in a series of themed rounds. There is no claim of ownership on any film footage used in this episode, as all film footage is owned in its entirety by the copyright holders. And just like every car in Too Fast, Too Furious, this podcast contains spoilers. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to Three Films and a Podcast. My name is Tyler Beck and I am joined as always by the wonderful and talented, and some would even say wonderfully talented, I know I would, Ben Lawhorn and Matthew Weiler. And to wow. get acquainted with Ben, he's going to tell you all about our website and all of our Patreon options and all that good stuff. I'll start out by saying bonjour. Um, wow. Oui? <clears throat> <laughs> yep, Sorry. high school French is paying <laughs> off. <laughs> All two Can years. Wait, you French in high school too? Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. Um, yes, you can find all of our stuff. We have a website, threefilmspod.com. And on there is a lot of cool stuff, including the links to everything that you might want to listen to or watch. Uh, there's also some merch that Matt has designed uh, wonderfully. So if you want some cool, Matt, if you want Matt on your body, um, you can go to our <laughs> website and I make promise. that happen. That's kind of like how it, that's how I like for to pitch money. it for money. He doesn't give it away for free, not okay? for free. No, no. yeah, you got to yeah. pay for it. You have to pay, but you can have Matt on your person. Um, <laughs> yeah, but also on there is our Patreon where you can just like, you know, kind of help support us. And we do like, you know, some early releases and things like that. So feel free to, if you like what we're doing could support us there so yeah that's it do that speaking of matt he's going to tell you all about our uh social media presence and our youtube channel oh aren't you matt we we uh (laughs) bon appetit um we're really gonna be pressing all of our (laughs) knowledge of french here tonight Yeah. (laughs) yeah i mean you can you can find us anywhere on social media at three films pod um we try to we try to post things regularly on what we have scheduled um we like to solicit for guests so check us out there and of course on youtube it's our preferred method of consumption of this podcast uh so check us out there if you are listening elsewhere like and subscribe guys it it means a lot to us whether you know it's your first time here or your hundredth time here whatever we're just happy to have you here and um i have to introduce everyone to a very special guest uh longtime listeners of the pod would know them from our lost daughter episode also the matrix episode uh it's everyone's favorite guest the the easiest guest we have ever had on this podcast <laughs> wow. no i'm just kidding we love kayla we love kayla it's kayla from screen vomit uh they are i don't know i'm rambling here but say hi kayla <laughs> hi, it's me i was gonna let you go and uh just see where you ended up you know, I thought it was an interesting yeah. journey of uh, introduction for me. I was curious how he implied <laughs> yeah. easiest. So I was like, are we getting into like personal life here or just, you know, like easy going on the pod? I think it's kind of open for interpretation. Keeps me on my toes. Yeah. For yeah, whatever reason, I've, I've hosted every show that they've been on and I'm just, it's, it's a, uh, it's a journey. We love it, but it, it's, it, it really keeps me, I, it keeps my improv like, you know, my, my yes. And really sharp. Yeah, You like yeah. to be really structured that. and like you have all your stuff mm-hmm. written out and stuff. Yeah. And, um, I would like to challenge that and challenge you to think on the spot <laughs> and be more spontaneous yeah. and, you know, have sure. a real conversation. 
Um, so, you know, that's just my vibe coming in, um, <laughs> hell raising. Uh, so yeah, hi, I'm Kayla. I am, as mentioned from the podcast, Screen Vomit, from it and run it and am it. Um, you are yeah, Screen so Vomit. I am Screen Vomit. And uh, do I plug my thing now or what? Yeah, yes. plug it. Also tell sure. them where they get this shirt that I'm wearing. Okay, Ben has my gorgeous shirt on, designed by my friend Frank O.K. So yeah, I have shirts and that are really cool design, but also I have a whole podcast and a, you know, Instagram and everything else. Uh, I'm screen vomit everywhere. Uh, so, and all my <laughs> links are in the, in my bios on crap with the uh, t-shirt links and stuff. Uh, if you just have never heard of me and want to buy a cool shirt. <laughs> if you just like shirts. You go do that. If you, if you're horny for shirts, you know, I have some. Um, so even besides the podcast, like I watch a lot of stuff and I post everything I watch on my Instagram stories. Um, so, you know, that's always a journey if you like movies, too, and you don't like podcasts. If you hate podcasts and you're listening to a podcast currently, um, check out my Instagram instead. Yeah. <laughs> or go to her other website or the other other website, hornyforshirts.com. Uh, if you don't like podcasts, get off now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay with the hater. You know, what? I respect the hater. I respect the hater. I respect the hate listen, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, or if somebody's being forced to listen to this. Haters welcome. <laughs> yeah. If you're being currently like detained by a cop and beaten up and this is playing in the background. Um, you know, I think that rocks too. So find my Instagram. <laughs> Screen vomit, the number one pod at Guantanamo. Uh, feel free to check us out. <laughs> um, so that's me. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I want. I want to also before we get too far. You guys have already started speaking French. What is our a relationship with French? I took personally. I took French from seventh grade. Till I graduated high school, I think. Wow. So uh, yeah, in school, I don't remember any of it. Yeah, that's not to say I'm fluent in any way possible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I did take I a lot of French. I, hmm. I have a decent accent, like I can do the pronunciation fairly well. But I don't remember okay. any well, of we'll the see. words or whatever. <laughs> we'll yeah. be the judge of that. We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, I took two we'll years see. of it in high school. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe three years. I you know I grew up in a a religion that like we would go out and do missions like all over the world. And I really wanted to go to France cause my dad did. And yeah. I thought like, well, if I put on my like application that I speak French, I'll definitely go there. And then, mm -hmm. you know, Q three years later I go to Brazil, but um, mm -hmm. I did love, I love French. I think my teacher, I still don't know if she actually knew French as much as she like had the money to go to France. Cause like we watched ever after a lot in French, you know, like we did a lot of movie watching oh, yeah. and a uh -huh. lot of like very remedial like stuff. Um, I was like, I don't know if she actually knows this or if she just wants to tell us about going to Paris. But um, so yeah, two years of, of whatever I tried to retain from high school. I know oh, yeah. Spanish and Spain is next to France. Yeah. There you go. There's so a lot of similarities. True. Like I because I took French, I can always like I can read some Spanish and like mm -hmm. kind of understand what's happening. And same with Italian. Those romance um, languages. Sure. Yeah, yeah. All the romance languages. I also did have a French substitute teacher that would often sub for our French class. Couldn't understand a damn thing he said. He nice. was like a hundred years old. His hair was so greased up it was yellow. Um Red. and <laughs> but he would spell the French words wrong a lot on when he wrote stuff <laughs> down on the board, which I just think is funny. And of course, if it's your if it's your native language, like you probably spell shit wrong all the time. Like that's a normal yeah. thing to yeah. do. 
But if you're like a French teacher, you're paying really close attention to what you're spelling, right? But right. since you're Hopefully. just a French guy teaching French, then uh, he fucked it up a lot. And I just think that's funny. So I like that. That's my story. Yeah. <laughs> French teacher Tyler, was continue. Just an old an old man that wanted to be French <laughs> so bad. He was so not French and he just wanted to be so bad. I almost feel bad for him. I can't remember his name. Pretty sweet guy, but um he just was in the he I don't know why he lived in West Jordan, Utah. He should have lived somewhere in he loved the South Even of France. Quebec, I don't know why like, he get out of here, man. Like, what are you doing in Utah? Like, yeah. What are all you guys in Utah obsessed with France for? <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're obsessed with getting out of Utah. I think that's the common theme here. So yeah, it's like, how do fair. we, yeah. let's fair. maybe French, you know, that'll do it. That's Well, fair. so if you have, if you're listening to this pod and you know, you are because you're listening to this pod, uh, or if you're watching wherever you've, you've probably guessed, or you've read the, um, the notes of the episode that we're exploring French cinema for this round. Uh, this episode is the first installment of, and um, I chose this theme because, I mean, for a few simple reasons, I had been interested in just exploring other uh, movies from other cultures and other countries after some of the explorations we've done through like the Apu trilogy and some of the Korean cinema, Japanese cinema we've watched. And not to say that we've watched even more than just scratching the surface of those, uh, you know, subcategories or whatever, but. I just have been kind of interested in like exploring the best that, you know, different countries have to offer. And um, I really wanted to watch this week's movie. It happens to be a French film. So here we are. We're going to watch three French movies. Uh, we're going to watch this one. We're going to watch A Prophet and The Return of Martin Guerre. And uh, this week's film is the 1995 cult classic La Haine. Uh, it stars Vincent Castle. Hubert Kunde and Said uh, Tagmoy. I don't know if I'm saying that stuff right, but you know, I'm a white guy. What what can you expect? I'm a white guy from There's West. There's also Jordan, a pretty Utah. cool cameo in this from Vincent London. Do you guys know yeah, Vincent oh, London? Oh, really? No. Yeah, he does lots of cool stuff. He's in uh, what's the movie with the chick who fucks a car? Titan. Okay. He's in Titan, but he's also in this movie called La Moustache. That uh, is okay. a really cool film about a guy who um, shaves his mustache and nobody notices. And so he goes insane. But he's a, he's in like a lot of really cool, like freaky, weird films. He's in uh, Claire Denis' new film, too, I think. Oh, anyway, what does he, he play has a cameo in, uh, in, in La Haine? He is like when they're stealing the car and the guy comes and knocks on the window. Yeah. Oh, oh it's that dude. dude? Hell oh, yeah. yeah. That guy rules. Yeah, it's that dude. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. That's rad. No, I don't know who that person is. And you, I think you recommended uh, La Moustache uh, on a previous episode. Because once Probably, you said I it, love it sounded it. familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds Great rad. Movie. Sounds cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're always on episodes I host. So it seems like we have similar taste in things. So maybe, I don't know, I should give it a shot. Two peas in um, a pod. <laughs> yeah, this movie, yeah. Uh, it's been on my watch list for a long time. I'm not sure the first time I heard it or heard about it. Um but for whatever reason, it's just always been um, it's interesting to me and fast. Like I've been really wanting to watch it. So I'm glad we finally did. Uh, and I'm curious, like, Matt, what was your experience with this movie? Like, had you heard of it? What was your first impressions upon watching that sort of thing? Yeah, I, I had seen this movie. It wasn't even on my radar. Um, uh, when I when I started watching it, my initial impressions of it, just based off of the first like five minutes was like, Oh, great. Here's another movie that's just like about like young, like youth in a in poverty, trying to be edgy, trying to be like cool that I really would have probably loved when I was 15. 
Um, yeah. But I, I was happy to be proven wrong as as I watched. Um, I thought there was a lot of great visual storytelling going on, some great composition composition and shots uh, throughout. It probably lingered on some of the shots longer than I would have cared for. But overall, I just I, I thought it was a really cool commentary on on class and on violence and hate. Um, I thought that was that was really interesting. And it was similar to and this might come up later, similar to like Boys in the Hood, where as a teenager, I just thought it was like cool and edgy and gangsta as like a white kid yeah. in Utah. Um, I probably would have felt that way about this movie. Uh, but the, the themes in it are obviously a lot more grown up than that. And it wasn't cool or edgy to me. It was just a very interesting, you know, commentary on, on those themes. But also that's kind of the story for the kids in the movie, too. Right. Like they're so young. And they just think, oh, we're being cool and edgy and gangsta. And then by the end, they learn, oh, no, there's actually like there's bigger things at play here. Right. That's kind of their journey, too. Yeah. And And when it gets real, it's it's less fun. (laughs) Yeah. You have some of the characters in real time, like realizing, like, wait a second, this maybe isn't this isn't the way. Yeah, for sure. Benjamin, how about you? What had like had this been on your radar at all, or, or what's what's your story? Yeah, I've seen it once before. Um, a friend of mine, Danny, uh, realized that I own this movie, but I hadn't seen it. Um, I'm a big proponent of physical media, and I just like a lot of the Criterion stuff. And overall, it's just kind of like I don't know what this is, but it's on the Criterion thing, so I think it's worth checking out. You know, that's kind of my overall view when it comes to those. Barnes and Noble, 50% off, you know, uh, sales. I'm like, I don't know, let's check it out. And I just never had. Um, so I finally did. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. This is, I get it. You know, this, I understand why this is. You watched it just for now, or this is, you're talking about a past experience. Yeah. I watched it before probably like, I don't know, a little, like a decade ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great at the time. I mean, still like Vincent Castle is the only person that I had like recognized, in there um but i just thought it was such a cool i I love the camera work in this i think that's what like stuck with me the most uh Mm -hmm. sensing it the first time like i just remember really enjoying like feeling like i'm in there you know like it's very kind of raw i think um and i i like that about it i love the black and white aspect of it um and it's just like a really interesting story as you guys have all mentioned about you know people kind of acting one way before you know until realizing like what what's really going on. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I was glad that you recommended it. It was fun to not fun. I don't know, but it was good to rewatch it. Um, there's some scenes in here that just kind of like stick, you know, I, you know, looking ahead at some of the elevator pitches, it's like, these are all the things that kind of stuck with me. So, um, it was really good to revisit it. Yeah. Apparently it was shot in color and then remastered in black and white for, I can't remember the decision why, but, I thought that was a good decision and an interesting. Yeah. They wanted it to be uh, black and it, white, but they they had the color version in case the black and white didn't hit. So they had okay, the color right, ready to right. to release just in case the black and white failed. Like a re-release or whatever. Like in case that. it was a flop, yeah. they would pull it and right. put the color version in. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, um, I'm glad they I'm glad they stuck with the black and white. It definitely. It, I mean, it worked for me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Kayla, what about you? What was your um? you know what how how long had this been on your radar like what was your impressions of it all those sorts of things so i watched this movie for the first time um a couple years ago and it it's 
since become one of my faves. So when you guys posted that you wanted to watch this, I was harassing you for six months until you let me do the podcast <laughs> with you about it. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I love it, but, but I think what this film was to me, um, so, you know, saying it out loud, we're all white here. Um, and a couple of years ago, there was a big, you know, with George Floyd and the black lives matter protests and things like that. Um, for me, watching stuff like this and listening to music and things like that, that that reference these sort of topics was even though I'm in my 30s, um, some of the first time that I really had like woken up to some of that messaging. And I thought it was really interesting that like people have been saying this kind of shit for decades yeah. and decades yeah. and like somehow I don't know if we're oblivious to it or we just weren't hearing it somehow or I don't know. And, 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 you know, it also is maybe a factor of like, I grew up in a predominantly white area. I am assuming Utah is also predominantly white. I've not been, <laughs> yeah, um, but, <laughs> but just like, um, I found it really kind of nuts that like people had always or very for a very long time been talking about like police violence especially against people of color yeah. and that like that wasn't really a message i had ever taken in somehow um or at yeah. least i don't know not seriously i i don't really know how to s explain it but i think you guys no, know I, what i mean yeah. yeah i know right what you mean we've I, we've talked about this on a on a few episodes now it, dating back to the very first episode we recorded of this podcast do the right thing mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. we, we all echoed similar sentiments. It's like, man, this shit has been around forever and we think we're so cute and we're so woke. Like, oh, we're finally realizing this stuff, but it's, it's been around for so long. And like you said, for yeah. whatever reason, uh, or like, maybe we know it's stick. there, but we didn't realize like quite the, the scope of it or just couldn't I mean, really think, feel how huge it is or how, how truly right. like gigantic and enormous and, how and universal it is, it I mean, is on a whole this is a yeah. french story yeah. right like yeah this could have easily been a new york story a chicago story a yeah portland story it could have been a salt lake story for you know pleasant but, grove story um yeah it could have been pleasant grove man who knows but <laughs> and it's mm -hmm. and it's interesting because it's also essentially the the message of this movie right like yeah. the ending of the movie being uh you know so far so good so far so good until something happens and we all realize it's that we have the landing right and so yeah. i don't know i i completely agree kayla it's something that like continually frustrates me uh watching a movie like this from 1995 and we have these pictures in our head of like oh i wish it could be like it used to be but it's always been mm -hmm. shitty <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean and i think it's yeah. good i i think that the world is becoming more uh woke i guess for lack of a better term and we have more access to this information and we can see stories like this from access across to the information world in real time is really huge. Like the internet yeah. and yeah. just with the ease that we can access other cultures or hear the types of stories that we're not necessarily hearing when we live in all white neighborhoods, work with all white people or pri primarily, you know, that we're, we don't always have access to, uh, or we didn't, you know, growing up in that time when we didn't have as yeah. much internet or access to things to those type of stories and those types of experiences. And even, you know, even when that shit is currently happening, the, the reporting in the news is maybe minimal. Um, people aren't suffering consequences from it, least of all cops. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so 
I mean, and, and the education is all, you know, things are whitewashed. Entire histories are erased that, that we receive. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is just, it is, it's interesting and it's heartbreaking to like yeah. find this kind of stuff. But, but I thought this was so good and such a good portrayal of that. And also, it's also like really nuanced, incredible portrayal of like this white man being friends with all these people of color who is like being chaotic and who is causing a lot of problems or getting into trouble. Like, well, I don't give a fuck. I'll just get into trouble. What, what's it matter without kind of being unaware or oblivious to the fact that like the way he gets in trouble or the frequency with which he gets in trouble based on his skin color is going to be a lot different than the ways that his friends get in trouble and the way that he acts can have a much worse and greater impact on the company that he's keeping um, living like this, you know, not just kind of understanding the inequities um, between uh, the different, between being a person of color and between being a white person, his white privilege, you know, that's what he's like coming to terms with in this film. And like, you hear people saying white privilege in the fucking nineties, you know, you hear people talking (laughs) about that shit. Um, even if people were talking about um, police and uh, the relationship between police and people of color, um, they weren't talking about white privilege. I don't think. I mean, I don't know. I never feel like I heard about that shit. Not in like those yeah. kind of terms, at least, you know. And yeah, I think there's I, I don't remember it exactly, but I know there's a part where um, Vince is talking to um, Saeed and he's talking like, oh, I'll be like the, you know, the second Arabic person to get arrested. And Saeed's like you're white like what are you talking about you know it's just like you yeah. like you but i don't know if that speaks to how vince is just like sees himself as like in you know with all these people mm-hmm. and just like doesn't see himself as white but then as the audience we're able to see kind of the white privilege you know that he yeah that he has that he so, is. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah he is white yeah but, yeah you are and he benefits from being white regardless of whether or not he wants to or feels like he is you know he does benefit from being white and that is true we all benefit from being white in some way you know even even as like you know i grew up in poverty even as being like that type of person uh or growing up in those type of communities even in underserved communities i still carry privilege you know even though my my like youth wasn't overprivileged you know i didn't have a lot of money i didn't have things you know i didn't have a lot of access to different things i still carried some privilege because of the color of my skin for sure yeah and there uh, were certain doors that were that's open also to what you. he's dealing with yeah right yeah mm-hmm. certainly doors were open to you that may not have been open to your neighbors i don't know what the demographic yeah. of your neighborhood was but yeah certainly i mean i didn't grow up rich by any means very much middle class lower middle class but like mm-hmm. You know, we had it, we had it pretty easy and there was, you know, the neighborhood I grew up in was pretty high Hispanic and like you could, looking back, you can see the difference of how the community would like interact with that part of the community as opposed to like, yeah. oh yeah, the nor- I mean, the, a, a white kid gets me, caught with weed, it was know? a slap on the wrist and the suspension and, yeah. you know, a, a Latino kid gets caught with weed and it's expelled and juvenile detention. So, yeah, yeah. But even just like the way that we move through the world, you know, like um, people of color are policed more often, not only by police, but by 
other white people by business owners. You know, they walk into a store and they're watched, you know, because they might steal or something, you know. And even if they're totally not, you know, it doesn't matter. They're just kind of observed more in that way because of cultural bias yeah. um, or they're pulled over at higher rates or, you know, things like that. So like even just the way we move through the world is, is privileged at some times. Sure. And that's not to say it's like a hundred percent strife for a person of color to just walk around, but like, but, but it exists, it's, yeah. it's less so for us. Yeah. And, and yeah. the bias exists all the time. I mean, I abused that privilege all the time growing up. I was a little, I was a little shit, man. I, it's well documented. I saw <laughs> hundreds of movies for free just by walking in, like blatantly, not even trying mm-hmm. to be that sneaky, sneaking into movies or, you know, we didn't do anything too crazy as far as like theft or vandalism, mm-hmm. but like we were and shitty. And the cops are on their way, by the way. Kids. Yeah. Just so you know. Right. And that's fine. They're not going to do anything to me. I understand my privilege. First of all, they're not going to find you out there wherever you are. <laughs> yeah, in the woods. It's true, yeah. And it's Kinamo in the, in the, the middle moonlight. of the woods underneath the full dog moon Good or luck, whatever cops. the fuck. <laughs> Good luck, coppers. You haven't caught me yet. I, sh- I need to knock on all the wood. Jesus Christ. Um, well, yeah, I echo all those sentiments. It's something I think about all the time watching these movies, um, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, whether it's... Um, police brutality or queer stories or, or messages like it's, it's, I don't know. That's the, my favorite thing about this podcast is being able to kind of like see snapshots of our history through cinema and see like Mm -hmm. what was informing these stories and what were people talking about and sort of a lot of these types of stories. Yeah. A lot of these types of stories or lefty stories or people fighting against the system, fighting against shit are harder to find. I mean, this is on Criterion, yeah. but it's still kind of like a more artsy, yeah. you know, kind of deeper film. But I found a lot more that that are super underground. I found them by Googling random shit or just looking at someone's IMDb all the way at the bottom, you know, or something. And that are saying the same shit that we're saying now. So it's it's that's been one really interesting part of my film journey, finding all these deep cut films the people have always been saying the same shit that we're currently saying and nothing's fucking changed. Yeah. I think that's really sad, right. but also interesting. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, totally. And it's yeah. like an ego check for me. Cause I feel like I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm up with what's going on. Like I'm hearing you. Like I, I want to be an ally. I want to recognize my privilege and whatever, mm-hmm. be an, like an advocate for change or whatever. And I feel like, Oh, we like, not that I feel like it was, it's like a brand new thing. I, I, I think like you've said, it's always felt present, but it's just, it is disappointing to keep going back and seeing like, nope, they've been talking about this for years, you know, for, yeah. for literal decades. It's just in um, the subculture. It's got to be found. For sure. mm-hmm. Another, another interesting thing, kind of switching gears here that this um, movie did for me, it kind of helped me. It kind of gave me an epiphany on the way that like, I personally enjoy uh, or, or critique any sort of artistic endeavor so like watching this movie I, w- I was enjoying it the entire time like ben said i i enjoyed all the cinematography um i enjoyed the grittiness like matt was talking about the cinematography by the way i didn't mention it but one of the strongest points of this movie it's fu- it's gorgeous totally, yeah. the shots are yeah, amazing the, the composition i love it love it okay, yeah absolutely lots of no and there's lots of <laughs> there's lots of great um what's the word i'm looking for blocking and choreography and mm-hmm. Just uh, you know, very um specific. The framing. composition. But, yeah, composition. That's the one. Thank you. Um mm-hmm. but 
it wasn't until the very end, like literally the last 45 seconds of this movie, like I was sitting at about like a three, three and a half rating. And it just that ending alone jumped it up to like almost a five star rating for me. And it just became instantly one of my favorite movies just because of the way that the way that they landed the movie, I guess, for if, if we're going to make a pun here. You Are know, you talking like, just like the very, very, very end or like, is there yeah, a turning point for you? It was it was literally just the way that they wrapped up. They bookended with the same phrase, right? He's falling down. Uh, so far, yeah. so good. So far, so yeah. good. It's not how mm-hmm. you fall. It's how you land. But just the way that they mm-hmm. tied it into the specific ending like that. When they do he it said, twice um, at, towards the end that then right. they're both like really impactful moments. First, it was it's, the, um, it's, it's us in the projects. Yeah. So far, so yeah. good. So far, so good. Doesn't right. matter how you fall. It matters right. how you land. And then it's society on its way. Society down. in yeah. decline. Yeah, that's the one that got me. Mm-hmm. And once he said that, so far, so good. So far, so good. And to me, that's like what we've been talking about through all these years. We're like, well, so far, so good, you know. Um, yeah. And I got I got choked up and it just like it was really, really impactful. And it really made me think. And I started thinking like. So this whole movie was essentially a setup for that one punchline. And mm-hmm. At first, I kind of was annoyed by it in a weird way, because I'm like, we don't need an hour and a half to set up this message. But when I really got to thinking about it, like it just made it all the more uh, impactful and important and beautiful to me. And it made me really step back and think about the way that I or like what I expect from a movie, right? Like I have almost Mm -hmm. an expectation of for the movie to feel like five stars or whatever the entire time. Right. And I'm like, I actually think it's okay for there to be just one five star moment and have a whole lead up to it. I don't really know if I'm articulating it that well, but it just, um, there's something, something, there's something so beautiful to me about just watching this whole story play out and then one quick flash in the pan, like, uh, shot to the heart moment and then cut to black. And I think it was worth it. You know, it's like, uh, I'm even, this is random, but I'm even thinking of like watching a a show like Succession, something I've been trying to catch up on and really enjoying, only having like a few moments that really sat with me emotionally or really made me think. And I'm just like, I think that's okay. Like, I think that's the point of good art is to make you think and feel something. And whether you get it for the entirety of the hour and a half, or it just happens in one small punch like that, uh, with all the context leading up to it. I don't know. I think it's important. I think it's a, a good thing. And it's just like a, I don't know. I'm definitely rambling here, but it's just something I have been thinking about a lot since watching Mm -hmm. this is just, I definitely think it's, it is better practice to, to judge a piece of art once you have the whole context. Like, um, yeah, because it can be a lead up. It can be a slow burn. It can be, but every piece of this leads to the next piece. You know, you couldn't, you can lose some of the pieces. Another thing I thought was really cool about this movie, just based on I've watched a lot of French film. I love French film. Um, They're usually not this funny to me. Like there are a lot of moments of comedy in this. And that was something that really surprised me the first time that I watched it, too, was like, it's dark. You know, it's real. It's very real. But there there is a lot of comedy like it's not it's not entirely tragic. Um, It is like friendship and goofing around and you know razzing people and being goofy sometimes 
Yeah, absolutely. I also think, um, you know, it's maybe important to note that this film was inspired by a real police killing, a real killing of, of a man who was shot at point blank range when chained to a radiator by a cop. And that happened on my fourth birthday. <laughs> wow. Happy Were you there? <laughs> I was the cop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I would never be a cop. I would also never shoot someone uh, or torture them. Not yeah. even when I was four. Um, <laughs> Let's make a that lot clear of, to the listeners. <laughs> just, just being clear. Um, but uh, a lot of the stuff in this movie was based on real events or there even is some unstaged footage used in this movie of actual riots that were happening. So I I think that also like adds a lot of weight to it as well. And that person who was shot also was shot by accident, was being threatened with a gun that went off accidentally. Oh, damn. Uh, mm. You know, alleg- allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. But um, that ties into this film, too, you know, because that's how the main guy dies. Um, yeah. so I, I just think that's, I don't want to say cool because it's murder is not cool. Um, but I think Hot it's, take. I Hot think, take. It, sure I think it's, in, Watch out. Some, you One know thing what I thought I'm, was interesting was, uh, I'm in general pro crime, but not pro murder. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Crime all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, when this, I draw when, a line. this movie really, this movie really pissed off uh, the the police in France. They um mm-hmm. they at at con they turned their backs to the crew. The, they the showed cops ass. turned their backs to the crew when they were walk when they were walking in to show Jeez. disrespect mm-hmm. to them because they were so disappointed. Which I think mm-hmm. is really funny. Like you're still doing your job, you dick. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. like, no, that's messed up, anything, man. But, <laughs> yeah. How dare they? How dare they? Well, so I'm curious if you had to show someone a scene from this movie to try and convince them as if all of our ranting and raving previously isn't mm-hmm. enough, um, let's show someone a scene to, uh, to, you know, get entice them to watch this movie. Let's give them an mm-hmm. elevator pitch. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? So Benjamin, what scene would you pick here? That's me. Um, well, the scene I was going to pick, uh, also, as Kayla mentioned, uh, I feel starts out pretty funny when all the dudes are in the bathroom and then all of a sudden the yes. door opens up and this little dude's just like, nothing like a good shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, I what? love that part. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all the same. Yeah. We're all the same. <laughs> Everybody poops. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed. Then he comes out and tells a weird little fucked up story. Right. Yeah. And that's um, what I liked about it. Is like trying to take a shit. Like <laughs> it was private and he had to get off a train to take a shit. And then the train took off and then he's like trying to run with his pants down and then he froze to death. It's like, <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's so weird. And just like the way the guys like <laughs> interpret that story. Um, because obviously there, you know, you can take some deeper meaning of just like, are you willing to set aside your pride, you know, in order to like right. literally save your life, mm-hmm. you know, the things that, you know, he's like talking about real sacrifice, like, oh, we had to get work, but it was in like Siberia, you know, that yeah. kind of a thing. And not that the main characters aren't dealing with real stuff, but everyone's got their own story and their own experience. Um, they don't have a lot of global context. They don't yeah. really know what they're dealing with they're young they know they're dealing with something they know something's fucked up and they should be mad and they are mad yeah they don't have the full context of why 
and the historical context of what's led up to this moment. You know, they don't they don't have full context. They just have the anger. Yeah. Um, so having that little global story is is probably helpful to their journey. Exactly. And that's why yeah. I love this scene, um, because I think it just yeah, kind of helps put some context into everything while also being a little funny. Um, and I if I remember right, after he leaves, the guys were just like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> like they, I, they didn't really like, get <laughs> yeah. it at all, you know, so mm-hmm. but you I could just tell like it that stuck with them. They, they talk about it multiple times throughout the rest of the movie, trying to yeah. you could tell that it had an impact on them. They just didn't quite understand why. Yeah. yeah. So that that's the scene I would pick just because it is a little out of that's context. A good one. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting and, uh, you know, little little scatological humor, you know, never hurt anybody. <laughs> so why not kick it off with that? So mm-hmm. that's a, that's that monologue is what I would pick. Okay. The solid pick. I immediately thought of Matt and I was like, this is a, a picture perfect Matt scene. Matt always picks the scene that you've never seen anything pick. like that's it a, before. That's a good pick. And, uh, Oh, I thought it was because I'm, of the shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Matt does love that a poop too. joke. Yeah, do. This guy's yeah. talking yeah. about taking a shit, and I instantly thought of Matt. <laughs> yep. yeah. Five Anytime stars. I see someone taking a shit, I'm like, oh. That's actually usually uh, when but- people think of me, which I think is fun. <laughs> people send me shit stuff all the time. <laughs> I don't know if this one is like the best one, but out of our collection here, I'd say it's probably number two. <laughs> but, yeah. There, there you go. go. There you go. That's pretty good. Add, add, add the fart noises there. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of like the drum, like ba bo fart noises. Like that. You need I've a fart noise and then a toilet flush at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's flush that conversation and move on to Matthew's elevator pitch. Uh, what since Matt, uh, since Ben stole your scene, Matt? What are you going to choose? Oh man, I'm going to go the opposite. Usually I go with something that people haven't seen before and I'm going to go with something that everyone has seen before in pretty much like every, you know, coming of age college type movie. And I, I loved when they went on top of the roof and they're in that sort of like fraternity like setting. Yeah. You have a guy up there cooking hot dogs. Um, you know, they're, they're hassling each other. He has to get, you know, I, I guess it's his brother that has to sort of bail him out. By the way, his brother just seems like a total awesome dude, like a total boss up there. <laughs> yeah. He's like, kind of a boss. Yeah, he's like the yeah. kingpin up there. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one is more dapper than that dude. And he was just such a cool <laughs> yeah. guy. He's like, he's kind of like a crime boss. Like everybody yeah. seems like they respect him and they like look to him totally. to, to be a leader. Right. Yeah. And he's still like telling off the yeah. police. He's like cooling yeah. his people down. He's like, nah, get out of here. You're not and doing like, anything. Leading up to it with all the hot dog stuff. Like Saeed's like the annoying little dude. He's just like, give me a hot dog. He's like, no. And then he has to he's steal kind of run. Always the like, runt. Yeah, yes. he is. And yeah. then we find out like, oh, his brother's like running the place. But I like that it's not necessarily <laughs> hit home. Like, yeah, Throughout he's the always film, protected. He's the runt. You know? yeah. He's the runt yeah. and he's always, he he is always protected by the others in, in every situation. Even when they're being like, having their asses absolutely whooped by the cops. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the other person in the room with him is like, don't, don't fucking touch that guy. And he's also getting tortured. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to interrupt your story. Shout to you, Bear, Continue. man. That guy's a badass. Mm. yeah so that that'd be my scene i just i enjoyed them going up to that sort of like party hangout setting it reminded me like i would love to see a full-length movie of the foot clan just the teenage mutant ninja turtles foot clan <laughs> when they're not fighting the ninja <laughs> yeah. turtles yeah what do they do just the underground joint you Hanging know out the, hot dogs yeah, yeah where danny goes in the first movie just, yeah yeah i like I want that. a full-length movie of that i mean put a story in there but just like sort of that vibe like they are gonna fight the teenage mutant ninja turtles and they have to report to shredder and his lieutenants but 
But that's sort of what reminded me of just like the Foot decent, Clan up there uh, in France. Uh, maybe a good Netflix series, you know? There we Foot go. Clan ap- <laughs> the Foot after Clan. The fight. Um, <laughs> Canceled after I always one season. Love, I always love a neighborhood scene, right? Like, I love seeing people just sort of in their element, just kind of hanging out and getting a sense for what it's like to be them, you know? Uh, we get a lot of that in, that mo- in this movie, especially the fraternity on the roof. Um, uh, it's, again, going back to do the right thing, that's one of my favorite parts of that movie is just sort of like, getting the vibe of the neighborhood like i just feel like it'd be so cool to live there um even mm. though i am a white boy and they would you know the characters and do the right thing would make my life difficult but that's okay i deserve it um, <laughs> but i do love that scene here and there's a lot of that here there's a lot of just kind of like hanging out in the neighborhood vibes in this movie it uh, is very slacker scene, it, yeah 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 it, this isn't my elevator pitch but the scene where they're kind of sitting in front of that like um art piece like that big like uh i don't know what it is it's like a sculpture out somewhere in the in a square and they're just kind of mm-hmm. sitting there just the three of them just kind of talking uh someone's telling a joke and kids throwing pebbles at him i don't know i just mm-hmm. love that scene just like that lazy days stuff um kayla what would your elevator pitch be so i was thinking about this and i'm like i know what at what point in the movie i go okay i'm in um but i think mm-hmm. it's different than what i would pick but the moment i'm going to tell you the moment that i said first um do. so but it's very early in the film. It It's not even that far in and really nothing much has happened. But very, very early in the film, you just there's like, you know, the film starts, there's like police brutality and different things going on. And then you just see someone like graffiti, fuck the police on yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And once I saw fuck the police, I was like, all right, I'm in for this. It's going to be sick. <laughs> yeah. um, so for me, <laughs> for me, that was the moment where I go, uh, yeah, this is going to be tight. I'm in. But I think the scene I would pick to show someone else would probably be the car stealing scene. Although I think the shit scene is really, really close second. I But I don't feel like the shit scene um, captures the essence of the film, really. And because right. the main character in the shit scene is not any of the three characters, even though they're there, like they're not talking, it's not about them. Right. Um. So I think the the scene where they steal the car is really good because it, it shows a lot of their relationship with each other, but also shows their um their kind of hell raising nature that they're mm. committing crimes they're out running the streets doing doing shit but also also you know the guy likes in it but but he like it's like a crime community you know sometimes in um you know poor neighborhoods or neighborhoods that are um heavier on crime and stuff like that people really stick together in a weird way, even when they're committing crimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. And much more so than you ever see in rich neighborhoods, I think. Like, I currently live in sort of like a poorer part of town. Um, and it's it's very city. Like, I live in the middle of the city uh, of, like, very close to downtown. And, like, I know all my neighbors. We all watch each other's shit. And if anything happens to my shit, someone's out there yelling at them or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, my car got towed. Well... It got towed to here. I was having it dropped off, but my neighbor thought it was being towed away and he offered to pay off the tow guy to not tow oh, my wow. car. Nice. So like, oh, <laughs> that's not like community you really find yeah. like mm-hmm. <laughs> in a rich person's neighborhood ever um, where it's I'm committing a crime and my neighbor's just offering to pay off the tow guy to forget about it. Um, so like, I think that that, you know, it's such a small gesture that he like kind of stops the police from chasing them. But yeah. it is like we do be supporting each other 
um, out on these streets. You know what I'm saying? If you're rich <laughs> and you disagree with Kayla, please put it in the comments. Like and subscribe. <laughs> you know what? Uh, rich people, you got enough. I mean, live your life. But uh, if you want to give me money, give me money. Yes, give yeah. me money. Please do. Um, I will take the money. For sure. <laughs> this movie, uh, as you talk about that, just makes me think of that video clip of that kid. She's like, I just want to do hood rat shit with my friends. You know, it's like, that's kind of yeah. what this is. Yeah. Like, But especially like you. if you're a disenfranchised community, like people of color who are already like mm-hmm. over policed constantly. Um, not that the guy who stops them is a person of color, but, but just like you have to bond together in certain ways yeah. and protect each other um, from over policing. Or sometimes you get it. Like some crimes are like, yeah, fucking steal something if you need it. Like, who gives a shit? You know, like mm-hmm. it's so yeah. it's so pointless. Well, Jean you Valjean, know, so. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So you guys got to stick up for each other, and that guy fucking sticks up for his for the guys. He didn't even know them, and he's like stops the cops yeah. from chasing them. He's like, oh, these kids are just like being rascals and he's like genuinely stoked when the car starts. He's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he even helped like give them a tip or yeah. whatever. So. Yeah, very supportive. Um, you know, I think that rocks. Like I said, I'm pro crime except for murder. So I just think that's that's like a great scene, and there's like a lot in it. It's very like thick and meaty and juicy. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, there's you can see just how there's such kids, right? Like they think they're they so are, tough. Yeah. They think, and they are tough. They have to be tough, like where they live. But they're clueless, man. They're just like, they're just. They're not hardened criminals. They don't know but how to do this. we're all like they that, kind of I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all like that. And especially, like, people who grew up in those neighborhoods, like, think we're fucking badass. And, like, you kind of have to be tougher than you are just to, like, deal sometimes. But you're, you're a baby and you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That guy, by the way, was yeah, 28 that, when he was playing a teenager. I think. Right, Vince? Like, that was amazing to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that, like, behind the scenes thing where he talk about it, he's got his beard and his hair and stuff. Like, he looks like 40 <laughs> now. Like, I don't know. He, yeah, they good baby face for sure. Yeah. Great scene. I loved that scene. I loved uh, the Grunwalski scene and the, the roof scene. Um, in all honesty, the bathroom Grunwalski monologue would have been my pick, but... Benjamin got to it first and we love him. Can for you it. not but also pick I really it? Did. Can you not co-sign? I told him he, he can, but I also did want to shout out the, um, the scene of the DJ playing his music for the neighborhood and that really cool aerial tracking shot we get. How do they get um, that shot? Just aesthetically. I have no idea. It's so cool. I, I tried to no look it idea. up. I couldn't figure it out. Tattoo to a yeah. balloon. I was pretty blown yeah. away by it. Um, <laughs> or like a, a was, helicopter. They didn't really have drones back then, but they had remote control helicopters, right? Yeah, that's true. Anna. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, either way, or it was crane. really cool. It was um, probably a crane. And Let's surprising. Yeah. Mm. And I was just surprised by that whole uh just the whole scene. The the Ooh, DJ, I love the music, the mix he was playing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the shot. Really cool in, stuff. Like, yeah, it's um, great. Yeah. I think yeah, one of the very guys stylish, very cool. One of the guys in one of the bands that does all the music for this movie is like one of the actor's brother or something. I have no details. That's a terrible fact to throw out, but no, I read that somewhere. Great. <laughs> one of the guys who might be the brother. That's not a real <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, He might be Vince's brother. I'm not sure. Yeah, pull that quote. Please write that down. Yeah, um, put it promo. on screen. We got our first yeah. promo. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Can't remember a single detail. Can't remember the name of the band. Uh, they yeah, did do the, the music dudes. for this movie. I do know that. 
and they're somebody's brother. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I liked it. That's good enough yeah. for me. I like it. Also, the director had a fun cameo. He was the the skinhead that gets beat up. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems like a really cool dude. I want to watch more of his stuff. I've read a few articles and interviews with him, and he seems uh apparently he's pretty salty and he's uh, a little bristly in interviews. He drops a lot of f bombs and he's got a very punk rock attitude. So I, I definitely yeah. want to check out more of his stuff. I don't know. Well, he about was him. out there rioting. Like this was like yeah. stuff that he used to do. So this, this is like life. firsthand experience for him. But also, like, I've never seen any of his other films either, I don't believe. But that's why Jodie Foster got involved. She she produced this movie oh. um, was because she liked his other film. She, like, loved his film so much. And she's like, find this guy. What is he doing? I want to, like, do what I can to, like, help this guy do more movies. Cool. And at that point, he had already made this movie. It was, it was like, just in the can. Um, and so she's like, what are you doing? I want to help. What can we do to, like, get this going? And he's like... I feel like um, what I'm doing is, you know, kind of uh, a whole thing. It's like a whole statement. I feel like you probably want to like watch it before you're like, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, but she did watch it and was like obsessed. So, and she talks very highly of him and, and his work. So I'm also very interested. Jodie Foster is a very interesting person. Like she really has a more storied film journey than I think a lot of people realize. And like, she's such a director and like has just like a really cool eye for stuff sometimes um that yeah i kind of respect her opinion and uh i think that probably his other shit rocks yeah and if based on this it absolutely this movie, has to yeah yeah if she co-signed yeah. this you know i'll start mm-hmm. taking her more seriously uh, I, gotcha. <laughs> um yeah so i think we're gonna real quick we're gonna divert from this movie a little bit and we're gonna head over to the drive-in adam driver's drive-in double feature oh yeah and we're gonna pick a few oh, films I forgot about to this set part. up yeah we're gonna pick a few films that we, you would pick in your dream double feature um and since kayla forgot i'm gonna start with them no just kidding um <laughs> let's uh let's start with madigan and see see what he picks for his double feature here i just had sex i'm about to eat nachos it's the greatest moment of my life yeah, I alluded to this earlier. Actually, I straight up mentioned this movie late earlier. Um, I'm pairing this with Boys in the Hood. I think similarly, I had a similar experience with this. I felt like when I was first watching this movie, I'm like, I would have liked this movie when I was 14, but just for the edginess and like the crime and the yeah. poverty and all that, the friends hanging out and up to no good. Um, but as an adult watching both of these movies, there's there's just a much deeper meaning, much deeper theme there. And it, it, they're both like way more tragic. You know, these are just like kids. Like I remember watching Boys in the Hood and there's the dude who's definitely like the antagonist of the movie who, you know, kills, kills the football star. Uh, but then at the end, when they sort of get revenge on him, like it's still upsetting because they're all just kids. Like they're just yeah. teenagers. And so it's not like it doesn't feel cool. It doesn't feel like triumphant at all. And you also know it's going to befall the... Uh, the kid who gets revenge. And so I had similar feelings with this movie. It's ultimately it's, it's just tragic. These are victims of their circumstances. Uh, they're living in a world that definitely does not feel like is theirs. And I just thought the themes are very interesting. And so I just felt like that's, there's a too, too interesting um, Tyler, as you put it, it's interesting that these things are kind of universal, that they exist um, in right. different parts of the world. And so you're seeing it, you know, in, in France, and then you're also seeing it in Compton. Sure. Okay. Which one goes first? 
Um, oh, we got to go Furious Styles first, Lawrence Fishburne. So Poison the Hood first, then we'll we'll finish it off in France. Nice. Gotcha. Benjamin, how about you? Uh, I'm going to keep with my theme of doing international hood rat shit with my friends. Uh, and we're going to watch City of God um, along with man. this. Um, I think some of the parallels make sense. Um, I feel like the main protagonists, like the kids, whatever in city of God are like a little further into it than our three yeah. mm-hmm. dudes from lane. But like, I could see these guys being like at like the parties and stuff like that. Like they'd be around what's going on, but they wouldn't necessarily be like mm-hmm. front center of like the, the gang stuff that's going on in city of God. Yeah. But I do feel like there's this, the similarities here, both with like the age groups of these kids that are just being exposed to things that are just so much more mature, making them more mature than they need to be or exposing them to things that they don't need to be dealing with at that point in their life. And I just think, you know, city of God's a a great movie. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I think that's what I would go with. I kind of feel like these would would pair together nicely. I'd probably start with um, Lyane and then go into um after that i love yeah. it a man after my own heart when i <laughs> saw my letterboxd review i put uh i was like oh cool you said uh, you just gave me a city of god mixed with a little bit of kids oh, maybe nice. a little more kids with a little bit of city of god but i missed one really important analog that i think uh actually fits even more and i mentioned it earlier as well but it's do the right thing yeah. um it's uh, to me, I was like, when I really thought about it, I'm like, it's almost the exact same story structure, right? Like we watch um, some young kids go through their day in a neighborhood dealing yeah. with racial adversity in different ways. And then it ends in a bang at the very end. So um, I think do the right thing is a much more apt comparison than kids in city of God. But regardless, I, I do think a mix of all those three things sort of make up what we get in line. When you when you first said kids in City of God, I for whatever reason the image of Jack starring Robin Williams came to my mind instead of kids, <laughs> and I'm imagining like a Jack combined with City of God, <laughs> Robin Williams in City of God. That's that's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie I'm glad doesn't exist. Um, but things I am glad exist are Kayla from Screen Vomit, and I want to hear their elevator pitch. Look at that segue. This was an elevator pitch. This was um, driving. Oh, yeah. Double feature. Yeah. I was so proud My of my segue feature. back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot where I was yeah. in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I thought of two answers in the um, one and a half minutes it took y'all to answer. <laughs> yeah. Off the top of the dome, not Wait, Was that too fresh. long or too short for you? What? <laughs> no, I think it was great. Um, okay, so one of them, and this is probably the better choice. Like, this is more of like, the film you know what i mean um is meantime by mike lee have you guys seen this movie no no crickets uh have you seen any mike lee movies are you familiar with mike lee not that i'm aware of crickets (laughs) okay not that mike lee (laughs) um well i i mean okay so i don't claim to be any aficionado of his work but he has some really fucking good movies and meantime is one of them and uh this is more there's not like a um poc story to either of the movies that i'm about to say this one or the other one um but there is like that working class um sort of that community you know is involved um so yeah meantime is like a working class family it has i think this is like the main reason why 
uh, I want to pair them is because the main guy in La Hen looks like uh, Gary Oldman in Meantime, who's like a young punk nice. in Meantime. Um, and it also has Tim Roth, young Tim Roth. Mm, I'm like such that. a fan of. I'm like obsessed with young Tim Roth. Um, so I really love Meantime, and I think that that would be just a really good movie to watch with this vibe-wise, um, even though it doesn't really, it's not about police, it's not really about, like, any of the same themes. I just think the vibe would be cool, and they're both, like, really fucking good movies. Um, and then the other one I picked is more silly. Um, it's called West Coast. Can I pick two? I mean, I always pick two. Yeah. I can never decide on one thing. Uh, the other one I picked is called feature. West Coast. Um, it's a newer movie, um, but it is is also French, and it's also about young kids. Uh, they're a little younger in West Coast. I think they're like middle school ish. Um, but they, uh, okay. So look, it's funny, all right. But they do act like kind of gangster. They do, uh, kind of want to be POC in some ways. Okay. Uh, kind of similar to the guy in Len. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but maybe more exaggerated in West Coast. But, you know, ultimately it's a tale of friendship. It's guys like having a whole day going on this adventure all over the place. At certain points, they're trying to pick up girls. They're doing this and that. They're getting into trouble. They're hell raising. So like all those aspects are still in this film, too. Um, so in that way, I think they would be an interesting match, although West Coast is I think it's a good movie and I think it's a fun watch. It's not like cinema. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. It looks interesting. But, Look yeah. at the photos. I'm getting real uh, Ricky Baker vibes from yeah. Home for the Wilder People. It's just and like, it, oh, yeah. Man. Okay. Cool. It's a little prettier than that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, for sure. I think it's a little better produced. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, I think it's it's good. It's interesting. Nice. It's fun. Okay. Those are my choices. And it's a tight Thank 80 you. minutes. Who can complain about yeah. that? Mm, Even Mean Time is like uh, an. Uh, hour and a half or hour oh, 40 really? or something nice. so it's not like that long either mm. but i really yeah Beautiful. love both of those films okay thank you that. carry on <laughs> okay, we it. will we're gonna carry on right <laughs> over to rushmore mountain these are or scrubs oh are they um we're gonna fill out a rushmore of movies that take place within 24 hours we might come up with a better title for that later but as it stands, that's what we're going with. And Matthew, what's one your crazy night here? film. How about that? One crazy. That yes. could work. Mine is not that. Mine is. Mine takes place oh. in within twenty four hours. Um, I gotta go. Empire Records. Yeah, mm, that's such a good one. Heard of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever heard of that, Ben? I think so. <laughs> it's got. Uh, oh, geez, it's got. Um, Stephen Tyler's daughter. Mixed nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just refer to them as like other. Yeah, <laughs> all kinds of people in there. The lady from Judy, I think she's in it. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's the guy's name with like the big eyes? Additions. <laughs> oh, right. My favorite additions yeah, to I my personal watch list. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me so happy. Such a good I love movie. that movie. Ben, nice. surprise the listeners with your pick here. I mean, they'll never guess what's coming. Um, but I think the I'm going to go with the witch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with my favorite 24 hour movie, which is Ferris Bueller's day off, which is also just my yeah. favorite movie, um, ever. And I just, I don't know why, like it, on a, the whole plot revolves around the fact that he did this all like in a day. But when you gave that theme, I was thinking of like, 
dog day afternoon and stuff like that. Like I just, for some mm-hmm, reason, yeah. I never think of Ferris as like a 24 hour movie, but like it's, it's less than that, you know, <laughs> it's like, whatever. Yeah, I don't it's like really a either, 14 yeah. hour movie, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. So, but yeah, I mean, it's like central to the plot for sure. Uh, obviously anytime I can talk about it, I want to, um, I think the amount of stuff they do is kind of unbelievable you know i don't know if they can actually like accomplish all that but uh you know i love that movie so much and i just want to mention that one so that's what i'm gonna go with is uh, ferris bueller i love that there are a lot of good choices for this category which i think is fun um there's gonna be a lot of stuff left off mm. i'm gonna pick one that the fact that it's one day is important to the story um and there's still that now only narrows it down a little bit I think I have to go with do the right thing. That's kind of the mood I'm in right now. Um, there's some really great honorable mentions, but um, I'm due for a rewatch on do the right thing. And I think we're going to yeah. cover it again soon at some point, like a recover. I don't know. We've, we've talked about mm. it. We're, we're, we're kicking around a whole podcast rebrand. So we might the sequel. You know, keep your eyes peeled. For sequel. That. Yeah. So we might revisit, do the right thing on to the right thing. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll probably go with that. Um, but there's some other good options that people can yell at me for leaving off and that's fine. Um, Kayla, what would you choose here? So I have a, such a hard time picking one because I was only informed at the beginning of the call that we only do one now instead of four. And even picking four, I was like, can I pick five? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you can so, tell us, please the, tell the us all five, thing. but one yeah. of them has I to be I will tell one. you. I picked, here's the thing. My list is five solid. These have to be on it. And then uh, five more honorable mentions. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, well, let's get the five solids. Uh, but the five then... solids are really what's important. The honorable mentions okay. can like fuck off. I don't care. Um, okay. Okay. I don't know which one to pick like for the mountain though. I think it's very, very hard. It's very hard for me to narrow down this five list. But if I have to pick one... I still don't Ooh. really know, but I think I'm going to go with just have fun <laughs> and don't fuck it up. And this is That's a big it. movie yeah. and this is a big movie, normal movie, big, big director. How big oh. are we talking? The One of the biggest directors. I don't know in oh, terms dang. of his filmography. I don't think it's one of his biggest movies, um, but After Hours by Scorsese. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, I think is like an incredible one crazy night film. Yeah. Um, okay. Just really so good. Um, but that's this is early Scorsese, so I don't know. I, I'm also we've been over this before, but like I don't have a normal sense of film because I didn't grow up watching normal stuff. So like I'm just finding Scorsese films in the last couple of years. So I don't know like oh, what the cultural contexts are. <laughs> I don't know like how big or small some of these are. I don't really have like the context because sure. I never was like exposed to them and didn't have like that conversation. So like I don't. I don't think I hear people talk about after hours that often, Mm-mm. but like when I watched after hours, um, that's when I go, Oh, the Scorsese guys really got something. I mean, you see some of his one. newer films and you go, I don't know. This is fine. Yeah. You watch his early films. You go, okay, there's really vision here. Like there's really yeah. something interesting in what he does. So that is, I think the one I'm going with for the mountain, but I, I like, I don't know because I really have a top five. Can I say my five? Let's hear it. Please do. Okay. One was recently, actually two of these were recently mentioned in this conversation. Um, one is Dog Day Afternoon. That's also a big normal movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you got to be a little proud. I love Young Pacino. I have a little crush 
<laughs> who, do, who doesn't? You needed to have a new podcast called me. Big Normal Movies. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's um, sponsored by Horny for T-shirts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Dog Day Afternoon, great film, obviously. Um, good time. Yep. That's a great single day softie yeah. movie. The the best That's... softie movie, probably. Um, fight me. <laughs> um, uh, and then kids. I love kids. Kids yeah. is such a good film. You mentioned kids earlier. Um, yeah. I think kids, the, the, um, the real story of kids and like the impact of the film and like how good it is as a film gets overshadowed by like the controversy around it and whatever. Right. Um, yeah. but I think kids is just such a really good movie and it's so unique. Like there's really nothing like it and sort of the ways that it's challenging, I think are really yeah. fascinating. Um, really, and the last really one need is, to revisit that. One. Yeah. I, uh, um, I watched kids for all the reasons Matt mentioned earlier. Like it was just something rebellious to watch. Like I knew it was, you, you weren't supposed children. to watch it at that age. Yeah. <laughs> I like kids. Kids. I need to really watch it I'm as an in. adult. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, kids, kids, I really love. Um, it is genuinely good. Uh, okay. And the last one um, is a little bit of a deeper cut, but it's a movie called four months, three weeks and two days. This is a Romanian okay. film from 2007, but it's it's an abortion story based in a country where abortion is illegal and a girl needs to get one, basically. So, like, it's kind of a day's journey of trying to get, like, a black market doctor to come over and he sort of, like, swindles them and they have all this these problems and they're also trying not to get caught by the police in Romania, you know, or uh, or actually I think they're in Belgium. Maybe they travel to Belgium. Anyway, it doesn't oh. matter. It's it's I think one of the most interesting abortion films and a real picture of like what it is like for childbearing people in places where they don't have access yeah. to that type oh. of health care. Um, so four months, three weeks and two days. It's kind of a long title, but it is very, very good. I like that. And that's my list. There that's my top five. <laughs> well, I think After Hours is a Love great it. pick. I mean, it is probably one of the least popular movies by one of the most popular directors. But mm -hmm. last season, so I retain my cool points. Yeah, for that yeah, one. you're good. <laughs> uh, last season, Ted Lasso did a whole episode kind of based around it, and then it just got mm -hmm. announced earlier this week that in July it's entering the Criterion Collection. So they listen oh, to what you're saying. So I think it's a great pick. Yeah. So I'm a trendsetter. Is, you are. Um, I know what's good. Yeah. You know, listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> um. We also left off the before trilogy, before sunrise, yeah. before whatever, whatever. Um. Twelve Angry Men. We left off. Um, yeah, talking about Lou Ben, Dog Day Afternoon. Dog He's Day got Afternoon. a couple of great twenty-four hour movies. Yeah. Twelve Angry Men. Uh, this I don't a cool think category. I don't think it beats the movies I said though. What was the other one you just said? What was the first one you said uh, before yeah. Twelve Angry Men? Oh, the before trilogy. The Richard Linklater yeah, trilogy. Never seen this before sunset. Yeah, I don't watch love movies. Uh, it's, it's very <laughs> cis white. It's very like <laughs> cis love story. Mm -hmm. Doesn't fit. Doesn't fit your brand. I know you love the queer stories. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I don't blame you. Um, okay. Well, I think that'll probably do it for this uh, this episode. Unless anyone has anything else they want to want to talk about real quick. Is it over already? It's over so. already. I'm not prepared for it to be over. Say something else for a little while. <laughs> well, how about mm, uh, for the new? next little bit, 
you uh <laughs> you plug your plug yourself one more time tell everyone where they can find you me okay i have yeah. a podcast called screen vomit you can find it all the places where podcasts are and you can also find it uh maybe some other places you know you can google me um you sure. just type screen vomit in there uh or you can go on instagram or twitter or letterbox or anything and search screen vomit and I'm there. It'll be me, my little green alien head. Um, Are you going to cover so, after got, hours on screen vomit? No, because I only do films from the last 10 years. That's the other thing. Okay. Is uh, I guess I should explain what my podcast is, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Follow your heart, whatever you so, want. Uh, so, yeah, call? I do movies from the last 10 years joined by guests always because I'm not doing it by myself. Um, my guests are, you know, people in the art community in some way, shape or form. So either straight up an artist, comedians, filmmakers, um, musicians, all types of people on there. Some people who have made some really sick stuff. I've really had the absolute joy and pleasure and blessing to talk to some of my favorite comedians and filmmakers and people that I really, really love and fanboy. And I just message them and say, will you do my podcast? And they say, yes. And I nice. say, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> so I really do have some cool ass <laughs> guests on there and I got some cool ass ones coming up. I'm, I'm a little slow on releasing until after pride is over because I am a big queer and, uh, I run a pride group that is organizing a pride parade. So right now oh, I'm sweet. busy oh, nice. as shit until after June 3rd. Um, so after then I'll pick back up, but you know what, uh, this, I just hit four years of doing this podcast last month. So I got all kinds of backlog. You wouldn't believe how much backlog I have uh, to go through. Nice. So anyway, that's my story. That's who I am. Um, if I haven't annoyed the absolute hell out of you by now, uh, <laughs> then <laughs> seek out much more of my content. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I hope people do. Kayla, I really do enjoy your perspective and, and talking to you. And anytime you come on the show, I really do. I really do enjoy it, Thank despite you. what, despite how <laughs> flustered I get at times, as a host. just because I'm not good at this. But that's that's not your fault. That's my fault. Um, but every time, you, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And every time yeah. I make you uncomfortable, you learn how to adjust and deal with it. Um, yeah. And then, you know, next time you're better, you're tighter. You're like, you know, you have a little more of that muscle. I um, mean, I don't feel like I stressed you out too much this time, but, you know, so no, we're getting no. better. <laughs> no, it's, that was the equalizer and it's, needed. And it's, when Matt's not here, then it's, it's just only, it's pure chaos. <laughs> <laughs> it's only just trying to keep the conversation on the rails. I don't care what we talk about. You can't embarrass me talking about a topic. It's more just <laughs> keeping the keeping the episode on the on some sort of track. You know what I mean? But no, I really I do like appreciate to host from the guest seat, and I sort of take over <laughs> you guys' jobs, and and you don't know what to do with that energy. That's well, you're better at it than us, so that's, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I if have you're boss boy it, energy, big boss energy. Some people say <laughs> I come in with boss energy. I don't know what to do. I'm a host, you know. If you guess, yeah. you know that's what you're why getting. we love having you here. You're the big boss, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And once you've checked out Screen Vomit, make sure you go boys. check out. <laughs> oh yeah, we need it. I need, I needed someone to tell me what to do at times. Um, but yeah, check, check them out, check out screen vomit, like subscribe, follow, listen, all that stuff. And then do the very same mm -hmm. for your friends here at three films and a podcast. But do mine and first. We will see yeah. you all. Yes, please do screen vomit. Then us. <laughs> and then we will see you <laughs> next week. Bye everyone. Okay. Bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs>